Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. My coach came to me, I went to a really small school, and he was like, hey, we need five girls to make a golf team. I only have four. Will you play? I said, no. And he said, well, you don't have to come to any practices. You just show up to our meet and play one round of golf. So, okay, fine. So I did that, and um, I was the best out of all the girls, and I went to regionals, <laughs> and then I got to regional. He was, and I was like, I'm not going this to regionals. This is with no training? No training. <clears throat> he said, "He said you have to go to regionals. Like, no one from Oglesby has ever gone to regionals. But I don't want to. He's like, well, you get to stay in a hotel and skip two days of school, and I'll take you to dinner wherever you want. So we went, and I played two rounds of golf, and I did terribly, and I got to go eat at Rockfish Grill. You did terribly because everybody else you played against actually got I don't taught, know. or what? I well, we played against a whole different set of people too. Oh. So I think maybe I either, but I did worse than I did the first round, just at a different golf course. Too. But that's got to be good because if I walked up like that and and did that, man, yeah, they'd be like, you know what? It's this is a par four, brother, not a par twenty four. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Testament. My name is Jeff Keck, and I am your host. I'm here today with Jess Kirchmeyer. Jess Kirchmeyer is a volunteer here at Lake Levon Youth Camp this week with Lake Church. Um, and we are at Lake Levon um, Camp and Convention. Right? What, what is it called? It's L-L-C-C-C. Lake Levon Conference Center. Camp. I totally I should have looked that up before we started talking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Lake Church and other churches are having their youth camp this week, so we're actually recording this week uh, some volunteers. And Jess was actually playing guitar with the band um, this week for youth camp. So Jess, welcome and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So tell me about yourself. Um, my name is Jess. I'm 29. I'm married. I've been married for nine years, and I have two children with my husband. Um, my daughter Radisson's seven, and... My daughter Skyla is four, and I stay home with them all day, and we have lots of fun together. Yeah. So, what do you do all day with a seven and a four-year-old? Well, last year because of COVID, I homeschooled, so mm. that was a new adventure. Mm-hmm. It was first grade, so I don't think I failed too bad. This year, I think we're going to do it again because it was really fun. So, that's going to consist of most of our days, but. Um, I run errands for our auto repair shop, so I'll go run and grab parts mm. or um, go to the grocery store, play in the front yard. <laughs> it's a real exciting life. <laughs> what else? Yeah, whatever else you can do. Right. Um, so the, the bread of this show is all about um, sharing your testimony of Jesus in your life. So if you would tell us a little bit about um, kind of what life was like before you knew who Jesus was, how did you find Christ in your life, and then what has life been like for you since that period of time? Sure. So um, I grew up, I had two parents and a brother, and um, we lived a happy life. We went to church. They were elders. We went to a really unique church. Um, as I have grown up now, I look back and go, those were kind of odd things. But um, at one point, I was kind of put in a class, and at the end, you're a Christian, check that off your list and get baptized. Hmm. And um, so I did that, and... Then my parents got divorced shortly after that when I was seven, and my 
dad moved to Dallas area. And so he was gone quite a bit. We still saw him on the weekends. Um, and then my mom worked two jobs. So my brother and I were home um, by ourselves a lot. And so it was just life was a lot more complicated then. And both of my parents fell out of church at that point. And so it wasn't really, we just did whatever mom and dad did. Um, so it wasn't a big deal um, for us. And we would go and we always, we moved around a lot with my mom. Um, and we would go and we'd find a church and we'd kind of get plugged in or we'd go some on um, various times or go to the youth camps they had and different things like that. But um, it was never really like the main thing in our lives. And so, but I was a good kid. Um, and so that was like, I was told I was a Christian and I was a good kid. And so I thought, cool, I'm great. I got it. Um, then we moved to a really small town and I had 10 people in my grade. Mm. And I said, okay, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm the good kid out of the 10 of us. I was the, the goody two shoe one. So I was in charge of all the clubs and president of all the things. <laughs> and, um, including like the little Christian club, the little FCA and, I think they called it the huddle hut or something. I don't know. <laughs> and so um, I was in charge of all those things. So I had a teacher that actually was a legitimate Christian and a really great guy. Um, and so he was kind of like my mentor and all that. Mm. Um, and when I graduated high school, he said, hey, I'm really glad you're getting out of this small town because I was moving to Arlington. Um, no one leaves this town. So he's like, I'm really glad you're getting out of this small town and I'm glad you're going up there. I hope that you... Um, find a church and really find God. And I was kind of offended, like, excuse you, yeah. me and God are great. Um, and then at the same time, when I graduated, a family had gifted me a Bible. And um, and I was like, well, that was coincidence. Okay. And then over the summer, we moved to another place where I knew nobody. Um, and I wasn't going to a school because I'd already graduated. Um, but I worked at a watermelon stand. So I lived with my mom and her boyfriend and I would go work at this watermelon stand all day for eight hours and sit and, um, I had, you know, not that many customers come through. It wasn't really like a big thing. And so I had a lot of time to, um, read that Bible and play my guitar. That was what I had wanted to kind of start learning how to play. And so I spent my days doing that. And, uh, I had a lot of conversations with God of like, okay, well, I guess I'll read this and stop letting everyone else tell me what it says. And I'll, I'll just read it and mm -hmm. let you tell me what it is. Um, and so one thing about my life is the like, prayer is like, I just, I love prayer. I love to talk to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I think that had a big part of that is just, I was reading and reading and having these conversations all day. I probably was a crazy person during that time because I was just talking to the Lord and um, hearing what he had to say and, and, I realized that there was so much more to, um, what it was like, it wasn't about me and like what God could do for me and how I could go to him when I needed something. Like if I lost my keys, I could pray, Oh Lord, help me find my keys. And he would. And then I'd be like, thanks God. And then I'd go do my own mm. thing. Um, and so as I was reading, it was more of like, Oh, God's like this amazing being like, he is the creator. He's the father. He's, I mean, he's all these things. Um, and he wants my whole life. He wants all of it. And as I was reading, I was reading a lot of things and I was, the Lord was revealing to me a lot of things that I was doing that was not, um, his desire for me. And, and it's like, well, God, I don't really want to give up those things. Like, I'm, I don't know that I want this, um, life with you. Like I'm, I'm I like these things and I'm going to hold on to them. And, um, and so one day I was sitting there reading and I just, just, 
uh, I guess was overwhelmed with who I was and who, um, the Lord was. And it was, became more of not like, oh, I can give you these things. I can give up these things for your benefit, Lord. Instead, it was like, oh, I have to give up these things to have life with you because there is no life with you otherwise. Like there is no life otherwise. Like all I have is, you know, these few moments on this earth and then that'll be it. So, um, and so, yeah, so that was like a big um, day. And I finally, I remember saying, God, I don't understand this Bible. I don't understand everything that's in it, but um, whatever it is, I'll I'll follow you and I'll follow that. Um, And so I did and I... Kept learning after that, after I went to college, and um, I kept learning lots of ways that I was not walking with the Lord. But as I would learn, I, I I don't know, it's another thing I say is like in marriage, like we talk about submission, you know, the wife should submit, and everyone's like, mm. oh, that's a terrible mm. thing. Yeah. I love the thought of submission. I just want to be told um, what to do. Yeah. Um, and so I love reading and learning more. Obviously, sometimes it's not something I necessarily want to give up right away, but I love, um, I love the Lord, and so I want it. I want to give it up for him and learn what he wants and desires. So true, true acceptance of Christ in your life was 18 at the years be- old. Yeah, yeah. 18. So where did you go to college? UT Arlington. Studying? I was studying nursing. Okay. So you're, I, I say that because you're going into a um, secular college in mm-hmm. a secular career field and degree plan as a Christian. So mm-hmm. what about college years? Was that a hard time to, um, was that a struggle through this, this learning your new faith that you just have or? Um, yes and no. I, when I first got there, I still didn't know anyone. Um, and I went to this thing like ahead of time that had, um, it was supposed to be like a Christian organization on campus. Um, come to find out later, it was more of like more cultish than, um, Mm. than Christian. And so I went to this pre college thing with them and, um, was really turned off by it all. It all seemed really weird to me. Um, and so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to like read my Bible and me and God are just going to do our own thing. Um, but then I had a friend the first week of school who said, Hey, come with me to this event. And I was like, no, I've done the Christian events. Like I'm good. Um, but classes hadn't started yet. And so people still weren't there and there was nothing else to do. So I ended up going with her and, um, and ended up into this Bible study group, um, on campus that really, I guess, ministered to me well and met people who loved Jesus and, um, were sound in their faith and wise and, um, just did a lot through that. Right. Yeah. So, um, what do you, like you, you said earlier that, um, you know, you would be running errands for your business or whatever. So what businesses do you, do you have? We own a auto repair shop. We're the third generation to own it. My husband's grandfather bought it back in the seventies. Um, and so my husband and I now run that. And then we also, um, his family runs a dirt bike racing business slash ministry. So, um, oh, slash ministry. Okay. So let's, let's first talk about the auto repair shop. So doing an auto, let me tell you something. (laughs) I've been quite upset myself with some auto repair people. So, um, having a grounding in Christ just in that career field alone, um, has that been a struggle or how has the Lord kind of helped you through that? Um, it's been really cool to me to see because I I feel like I was same as you like I was always skeptical of mechanics and auto repair it always just has this shady vibe to me Mm. so even going to work um, I went to work for my husband's father when I was when we were just dating and I was like "Mm, I really don't want to go work for him like yeah he's a Christian but 
mechanics are shady. Yeah. Um, and so I went to work for him and I was overwhelmed by how he did things like justly and fairly. Mm. Like he, people didn't need something fixed. He would tell them, no, you don't need to do that yet. Or he would say, yeah. Hey, here's an issue that you might have. And so, um, that was really cool to me to be able to see that you can, yeah, have secular jobs. You can have, um, and you can live and do those jobs in a way and still be successful while still following the Lord and doing it right. Is this place in Arlington, Texas? Mm-hmm. You want to plug them? Sure. It's Acme Garage. <laughs> Where is that? <laughs> um, on Pleasant Ridge, 3201 West Pleasant Ridge Road. It's between Bowen and Park Springs. All right. Good plug. Thank you. Now, the auto racing, how does that work? And, and you said it supports ministry. So what's that about? Yeah. So my father-in-law started it, um, gosh, 15 or 16 years ago. And it was just to be um, starting a family centered dirt bike, dirt bike racing business. So we race off-road in the woods, five mile tracks. Um, we go and lease property and build those. Um, and so a few years after him running that, um, God had just kind of talked to him and said, Hey, are you going to do this for yourself? Or are you going to do this for me? Um, and we had, you know, they had church there before me, but they had church there on Sundays and things like that. Um, we don't really call it church cause we want people, it's like 10 races a year. So we want people to get plugged into like an actual church where they can go all the time. Um, but we would, so God, he, God basically told him that and he's, and so he turned it into a ministry. So we had riding camps where we um, teach kids how to ride and we intermingle that with, it's like a weekend event where we would intermingle that with the Bible and um, have worship times and Bible studies. And then like, kind of like here, instead of having free time with zip lines, we just go teach them how to ride a dirt bike or how to work on their dirt mm. bike. Um, and then we have ministry money where we've been, um, put money into an, an account that we can use therefore to help families who are struggling or, um, we've done, gosh, we've done a lot of different mission projects and projects with it, with that. Um, and then again, yeah, we have, we've had Bible studies out there. It kind of evolves and changes, you know, but we've had, um, Saturday night Bible studies out there. We do worship there at on the Sunday race, mornings. At the races? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then we do Sunday morning worship. I lead that. Um, and, yeah, it's just pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see how God ministers. Most of the people that come there are um, unchurched. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say they're not saved, but they're unchurched, right. and um, most of them. And so it's like, I don't know, we talk about, you know, being a, a light to the world. And to me, it's like this moment where we get all this darkness, and we get to just spark a little light there and um, mm -hmm. encourage people to... Um, seek the Lord. So, yeah. So you said your kids are seven and four. Yes. Okay. Um, what are some things that, that you do or that your family does to kind of, um, instill that understanding of who Jesus is? And I bring that up because remember when you were a kid, you know, there was a class and you know, mm -hmm. here's your certificate. You're now a Christian. So obviously the way that the way that you were presented with the gospel and with who Christ was at that age is different than probably the way you would present it to your children now. So what kind of steps, what kind of things do you do with your kids to kind of help them learn who Jesus is? Um, I know for one thing, we make it more, it's more than just Sunday. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talk about Jesus all the time and we talk about him in real life, not just scenarios, but like in real life happenings. So if, you know, they're arguing, we talk about Hey, don't argue. Instead of saying don't argue, we say, hey, you know, like God wants us to respect each other. So let's mm. 
respect you would want her to listen to you while you listen to her. And, you know, um, we talk about things like that. Um, also one thing we do is we will, um, or one thing that I try to do some age appropriate wise is reminding them that not everyone believes the way we do. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think that's one area where we can teach our children, Hey, this is the truth. This is all there is. Everyone in the else in the world can believe so differently, and they get out in the world and go, "Oh, well, these people have all you know all these other thoughts, and that sounds reasonable, or that sounds like it might be something worth listening to." And um, and so I try to, when it's appropriate, or when yeah, when the time is right or it comes up, tell them, "Hey, this is yeah. Some people believe this, but here's what the Bible has to say about that, or here's mm-hmm. how that's different." Um, also to show them that there is a choice, like it's. I don't want to teach my kids, hey, this is what your life is going to be. Hey, you're going to be a Christian um, because I, I want them to choose it. I mean, I want that for them. I want them to choose Jesus, but um, I want them to feel like they've chosen it, not yeah. like, not like you know, they were just forced into it because they sure. lived in America. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, play guitar. I do. And sing. Somewhat. You led worship this morning, and you, you're uh, playing with the band mm-hmm. this week. So how long have you been a musician? Oh, gosh. Um, I got my guitar when I was 10, my first guitar, not that guitar. And then I tried to play it, and I realized that was going to require a lot of time and effort and work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that I don't want to do that. So I put it down. And then my brother picked it up and played it, and he got really good, and I was, you know, jealous of that. And so um, when I was 17 or 18 was when I finally was, he said, well, it's because I sat for hours and played all the time. I just learned, and I kept at it. So I started doing that, and I could play, like, three songs, and I would play those three songs over and over, and that was it. Um, and then, yeah, when I went to college, I, you know, I'm kind of – I am outgoing, but I also am kind of a loner. Like, so I, I did spend a lot of time just by myself playing my guitar. And um, I, I wouldn't say that I like know very much now even, because um, I still kind of stick to what I do know. And if I can't play that note, then I just won't play that song. Yeah, that's um, how I play guitar. Yeah, so I would love to continue. <laughs> if the song has more than the three notes I know, we don't play. Exactly, yeah. I know a little more than three, but <laughs> but I still stick to that. Uh, yeah, I still stick to that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, so we're going to go into a new segment that I've been doing on these podcasts called Headlines Today. So I'm going to read a headline from today. This one was actually posted an hour ago. Uh, but it, well, it says an hour ago, but that was an hour when I pulled it up. But anyway... Um, so uh, let's see if I can find who actually posted this uh, this article. Uh, let's see, UPI News. I don't know what that means. It's okay. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the headline, and then we'll we'll either figure out what it's talking about, or I don't know. We'll make something up. Anyway, and then and then I'll actually read the a art, little bit of the article, see if we're in the right spot or not. But so I'll say this one's going to be good because you're you're 29. Okay. Okay. So I'm not sure if you're going to know what this headline is talking about, <laughs> but I am going to know. So we'll we'll see. We're about to find out. All right. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Wisconsin woman nearly doubles her Smurfs collecting record. Oh. Okay. Okay. I... So go ahead. First question. 
Do you know what a Smurf is? I do know what a Smurf Good. is. Good. I have never seen Ugh. anything Smurf related. <laughs> you never, never watched the shows or anything, did you? No. Oh it all looks gosh, so creepy. We grew These up on. It is creepy. creepy. We didn't things. know that when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. It is creepy. Yeah. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of creepy things about that show. Yes. There's, there's actually a guy named Beelzebub. Oh. On that show, yeah, I didn't know that. And uh, of all the Smurfs in the world, there's only one girl. Oh, so okay, that's um, <laughs> that brings up some other questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was very creepy. Okay, so here's the deal on this girl here. Uh, yeah, so I'm glad you know what Smurfs are. That kind of takes that up a little bit, but <laughs> doubling her record. So this girl is from Wisconsin, obviously. Like I said, she held the Guinness Book of World Record for the most Smurf items in her collection if that makes any wow. sense yeah. she had she was certified as having 600 i'm sorry 6320 smurf figurines in her collection wow. in 2014 she broke the guinness world record now she has 11455 smurf <laughs> Figurines. <laughs> only figurines i don't know are I'm they different figurines in the picture it's oh duplicates? no yeah they're well i guess they're different i don't know i'm i'm looking at the picture i here. mean do they make eleven thousand different kinds i mean there's a lot of figurines in the background let me see if i can see get some details wow. here the woman says she started keeping smurf items when she was seven or eight and her brother damaged one of her when oh. her brother damaged one of her toys. Okay, That's, all right. So is that like um, she's doing this out of a trauma? I don't know. I don't know. We did a headline before where some guy started growing his fingernails because out of trauma. Um, <laughs> let's see. How did it double though from sixty three hundred? I feel like to people 11, had to have got word of that and just sent them to her. Because like, nobody else her. wanted them. Yeah, they're like, oh, this lady <laughs> likes so much, we're, just gift them. We're done with them. You can or have maybe them. like a warehouse was closing down oh, and she just acquired see. them. Uh, uh, she said her collections include, oh, her collection includes toys, beach towels, plates, books, candy, and other items could, prov could prove valuable if she ever decides to sell it. Yeah. And if she, if people ever decide to buy Smurf <laughs> right. stuff. Who wants that? <laughs> <laughs> well now, okay. So for my generation, maybe somebody would. Maybe, but you know, does anyone want to buy all 11,000? I don't know. She says she, she thinks she could easily get $100,000 or more if she sold everything off individually. Is there like an ex... I want to know, is there a Smurf expert that like Ooh, would know all of that? We should get a Smurf expert. <laughs> yeah. Like, do they know that what's the most valuable Smurf figurine she owns? I don't know, but I'm going to Google Smurf expert <laughs> and see if there are any out there. But this is what I think of whenever... List, oh, never mind. That's a list of oh. Smurf characters. Uh, uh, sorry, there's no Smurf experts mm -hmm. coming up on Google. When people are going to like pitch their TV series or movie and they bring these characters, like I just think about those meetings. Someone had to walk in and say, look at this guy, and here's the storyline. <laughs> and everyone else in the meeting was like, totally, that's amazing. Let's yeah. run with it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just confused. Yeah, because there's more than one person involved in putting this thing together. Yes. Oh, no. Look at that. Did you find Ooh. a Smurf expert? Uh, no, not a Smurf oh. expert, but I think I found another girl Smurf. I did. Oh. What's her name? She was never in any shows. 
There's more than, oh, there's a lot of Smurf girls now. Look Are on, they still making Smurfs? Look online. I don't know if they're still making the movie or the, the cartoon. There was only one in the cartoon, but now there are more Smurf Willows, Smurf Blossom. <laughs> there's one called Vexy. I don't even know what that Vexy. means. What does that mean? Oh, I don't know. She looks like she's got attitude. She does have attitude, looks like. <laughs> oh, so I am I am no longer correct in saying there's only one girl Smurf. There's a bunch of them now, mm. apparently. There you go. Yep, there you go. All right, well, I don't watch Smurfs anymore, so... <laughs> All right. Uh, final question. Favorite scripture. Is there a certain part of scripture? And it's kind of hard to extract from, from the Bible, you know, right. things that are more important than others. But <laughs> is there a certain part of scripture that is, uh, in your opinion, uh, very, you know, touch, touches your heart a lot or just really you keep coming back to it and the Lord just keeps revealing this to himself to you through this or you know, something like that? Absolutely. Um, I love Psalm chapter eight, um, the whole chapter. It's only nine verses, but um, it just talks about how amazing God is, and He created um, created everything. And I love where it says in three and four, it says, "When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him?" Um, and so I just feel like that one just leads me to worship every time I read it. It just, I mean, it's it's got it all in there. It talks about you know how we can be bad and how God is so good and how he loves us and how amazing he is. And so there's so many different aspects of it all. Um, it just, yeah, it leads me to worship him. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Jess Kirchmeyer, thank you again for coming on the show. We'll get you back out to, uh, you know, the heat and the, um, humidity out there, <laughs> um, with camp going on. So thanks a lot for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Folks, if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, you can go to shockwayministries.com and click on the gospel message. There you will find the Roman road and some other information about how to become a Christian. You can also click on the Testament tab, and the Testament tab will give you a little link to with a microphone on there. You click on that. It'll take you to all of our podcast episodes in the, in the past, and we will also list the things that are coming up in the future. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or uh, anchor.fm slash the testament. Uh, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Tell me your name and spell it. Okay. Is that because I have a complicated spelling? Or just, oh, so you can type it right. So I can type it later. Okay. I didn't think that was going to be a hard question. <laughs> wow, it kind of took you a little while to answer that one, though. Um, do you do a lot of mission trips or? No. Okay. So I would not ask a question about that then. Um I think a birdie. I actually shot a birdie one time in my whole life. Hmm. On a, on a, it was on a par five. Yeah. So you had a lot of room, but I think <laughs> I just got the wind just right one time. It was great. Uh, anyway, that that was good enough to excite me for the rest of my life. In golf. That's How did I do this on this iPad? I got like split screen going on here. I don't even yeah, know I was how intrigued I did that. that. I was like, oh, it's nice. I don't know how I did it though. Okay, if I want to close this tab, I don't remember. <laughs>